Uh, hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Galen Kranz, who is a professor of architecture uh, at the University of California, Berkeley. She is also sociologist, designer, author, lecturer, and, lecturer, and uh, has been for over 20 years a certified teacher of the Alexander Technique. Uh, about 14 years ago, she uh, wrote a book called The Chair, Rethinking Culture, Body, and Design. And we're going to talk today a little bit about the chair, maybe a tiny bit about the history of the chair, but mainly what, uh, what kind of challenges the chair poses to us today. Uh, Galen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation. Well, it's uh, it's really good to talk to you. Um, I wonder, before we begin the actual interview, uh, if someone, if you bump into a colleague or a friend and they want to know what the Alexander Technique is and you got about a 30 seconds to tell them, what do you say? Mm. Well, I say it's a system of posture and movement. And I say it was developed by an Australian uh, over 100 years ago. And its chief applications today are in the performing arts and in dealing with physical pain, but it is neither performance nor physical therapy. It's a form of kinesthetic education. Mm -hmm. That's the long, the long view. That's, if, that's the long. And I think that word education is, is pretty key there. That is to say we Alexander teachers uh, are, are teachers, not, not therapists. Right. So um, I, I want to just uh, say a, a word about how I uh, first heard about your book, The Chair. I was listening to Terry Gross uh -huh. on NPR, and she interviewed you, and um, I was amazed and quickly went out and got the book and read it. This is back, I guess, in 98 or, or 99. And it's, I want to say it's a fascinating book uh, about a topic that you might not expect to be fascinating. The, uh, the, the one little bit of historical information that you, you mentioned in the book that has stayed with me all these years is the origin of the term chairman, mm -hmm. which is kind of in common use these days. But if, if I recall correctly... Typically, in, in olden times, in medieval build castles or whatever, there was just one chair. And one guy, it was belonged to one guy, and he was the one who used it, and he was the chairman. Have I, have I got that right? Essentially, yes. Um, it also really, he's also called chairman of the board because tables were just trestles with a board set up oh, in front. okay. So the guy who... who um, who sat on the chair and who got to sit at the other, the important side or end of the, the board, uh -huh. um, um, was doubly important because of both the chair and the position. Yeah, and it's so interesting to think that a, a, an object that is so common today uh, was was a, a, a kind of a status symbol back in the day. Right, rare and honorific. Exactly. Now, I uh, I know that a lot of um, people have said uh, when discussing things like posture and back pain and the like 
that we we humans are not particularly well suited to use a chair and that that is in fact the cause of a lot of our our problems in those areas what would be your take on that well i thought i was one of the first people to say that actually i think i i had heard a lot of people saying there was something wrong with our backs there was some mm-hmm. sort of evolutionary flaw when we went from all fours up to the upright position and of course as an alexander teacher uh, as alexander teachers we don't think that there's an evolutionary flaw uh, we think it's a problem of misuse. Mm-hmm. And I slowly came to the conclusion that chairs were one of the major stimuli to mm-hmm. misuse. And by misuse, I mean, that's a bit of an Alexander jargon word. You mean how how someone organizes themselves as they sit in a chair, right? Yes, and, and the chair imposes... Um, certain patterns of, of use, of activity, um, physical behavior that is, are very hard to overcome, and they're very deleterious. Um, mm-hmm. And it's most, I mean, the, the worst problem is that when the thighs are brought up 90 degrees to the spine, um, the musculature on the back of the thigh that inserts into the pelvis is um, stretched so that it pulls on the pelvis and wants to tip it backwards. And then that means that if that ro- if the pelvis rolls back, we lose the lumbar curve or it, the lumbar curve flattens. Mm-hmm. And that's what's really so devastating about the chair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and just to follow up on that, there, it, right as we're speaking, there's a bit of a discussion going on about the, the, the dangers of backward sloping chairs for, for small children in a school setting, which I think would relate to what you just said. Yes, and you see, the reason there are backward slope seats is because designers notice that when you sit in a chair and lean on the chair back, there are twin forces set in play that take the pelvis, scoot the pelvis both forward forward well the whole the body goes down and the pelvis scoots forward so eventually you're out there with your pelvis at the very end and your spine in a really big c shape leaning against the chair back Mm -hmm. now in order to stop this designers decide to cant the front of the seat up but all they do is make the strain on the lumbar worse because they make the degree between thigh and trunk something you know less than 90 degrees like 90 89 degrees or 88 degrees or whatever mm-hmm. so they're they're in trying to solve the problem of the right angle seated posture they create yet another problem right and i do remember um the the two things i most remember from reading your book all those years ago was the the chairman uh idea and also your suggestion as kind of a relatively simple, I won't say a f- quick fix, but a, a, a useful thing to do was to elevate the height uh, on which you sat. And I went out and bought a a flat 
circular stool that's about one and a half times the height of a typical chair uh-huh. and started experimenting with it. Uh, what I did was I, I started, I use, I'm on the computer quite a bit and I started using it when I was working at my desk, but I had my regular chair available uh, and I found that within about two or three days, I had no more interest in using the regular chair. <laughs> it just made it, it is just so much uh, easier to to sit on a stool with some rungs along the bottom. I can put my feet on them if I feel like it. I can shift around easily, and ever since then, I've been um, kind of pushing it on my students a bit. I, I tell them, you know, invest twenty dollars in a stool, have it around, see see how it works for you, and roughly half of them. Uh, eventually um, buy into that idea and the other half don't somehow don't Hmm. so I think I've done a lot of good for a lot of people just by that and I probably helped target quite a bit because the store here (laughs) in in Lincoln they there's a target store that sells really nice high quality stools for about twenty dollars so so that's uh, so. There's a, perhaps an example where you could adapt. You could adapt the basic sitting structure to encourage, as you say, um, well, basically a wider angle between your legs and your torso, right? That's right. Having your knees at a lower height than your yeah, your hips. Yeah. Absolutely. It turns out that in outer space, when astronauts float around without any gravitational uh, force. What's the position they go into? It's halfway between sitting and standing. So if we say standing is a 180 degree relation between the thighs and the trunk, mm-hmm. and sitting is a 90 degree, 90 degree relation, let's take half of that somewhere between 120, 135. Bingo. That's where the musculature of the front of the body and the back are balanced. So that's what in NASA they called call neutral body posture. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? It's an awful lot like the Alexander Technique's position of mechanical advantage. Yes, uh, it is exactly. And uh, it's also very much like or exactly like the Alexander uh, constructive rest process. Exactly. Where everything is rotated 90 degrees, um, which many people have found to be an extremely powerful way to bring about changes in their in the way they function even without Alexander lessons. So it I think there's I think that I'm I'm guessing you probably know more about this than me, but there must be a lot of evidence that that one twenty ish degree uh relation between your legs and your torso is just generally a pretty good one to to spend some time in. Yes, uh there's some um early, early research uh, that I quoted in in the book, The Chair, um, by an American surgeon who looked at what happens to the relationship between the lumbar vertebrae in different postures. And lying on your side with your legs slightly flexed is like the most uh, (laughs) beneficent uh, for those those vertebrae. Mm -hmm. It gets worse. (laughs) One of the very worst postures for those vertebrae is sitting upright in a right angle seated posture. Yeah. Uh, and but if you can perch, what I call perch, you know, which is sit on something taller than your 18 inch uh, chair, and go do what you did, you know, like 
time and a half, 20, 24, 24, 22, 24 inch, mm -hmm. like bar stools they're often called. Mm -hmm. That just right in itself takes enormous strain off of the spine. In addition, you said the stool you have has a round top. Smooth, so smooth round top, yeah. Round. yeah. And the round is good rather than a square, like yes. most chairs have a square top. Mm -hmm. The round is good because it allows the thighs to slip over the edge and not get held up by the, the seat. Do you mm -hmm. follow? Yes, absolutely, yeah. And and it also allows for all kinds of swiveling and moving around, which I do a fair amount of. And that's a good thing. Which is a which is um, a, a, a very good thing. Um, I'm I'm wondering uh, uh, just to go from the specific to the maybe returning a little bit to a more general question that occurred to me before we we did this set up this interview. Do you see the issue with the chair as, as I think some people might, as an evolutionary issue that we just haven't adapted to it yet? Or do you just see it as poor design for the most part? It's poor design. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, uh, we're not going to evolve. Um, mm. it, it'll take millennia for us to evolve to... <laughs> respond to the chair. Now, it, the chair is actually a fairly recent invention in history. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are these honorific ones that go mm, pretty far back, farther than most furniture historians think. I, I discovered early ev archaeological evidence that they may be about 10,000 years old, but they're always related to special status um, purposes. And the ordinary person didn't have access to chairs until about what most let will be generous and we'll say 200 years ago, maybe even less because even at the beginning of the 20th century, most people were doing physical farmers, mm -hmm. most agricultural. So and it wasn't until industrialization that everybody could afford to have chairs. In the colonial era, they were still special. And, and I believe that even as late as the late 19th century and maybe even into the early 20th century, a lot of people who worked in offices spent a lot of time standing up. Well, yeah, the English clerks, clerks, as they say, yes. stood up. Uh, bank clerks stood up. Um, in America, uh, well, architects stood up or perched on drafting stools, perched at that beneficial open relation angle thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it so... We're not going to evolve because the chair is too recent of a imposition on our our well-being, our bodies. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to say something else about that open angle position. Mm -hmm. If you were standing up, I call it the perch. But if you take hold the body in its those same angles and rotate it in space backwards, mm -hmm. let's say mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you get a lounge chair. You know, like mm -hmm. with your with your knees up yeah. and your head your head not flat on the ground, not in rest position. So you get this lounge position, which I think is really a productive one because you still can have eye contact with people. You can still read. And and unlike rest position where it's harder to read or have eye contact with people, and you get the same you know open beneficial relationship between thigh and trunk. So I think everybody besides having a stool, 
Mm -hmm. should invest in a lounge chair. Well, that's an interesting thought, and perhaps for watching TV as well. If you're oh, not... yeah. yeah, and then two of them together facing each other for, you know, couples to have eye contact and tell uh -huh. each other their uh -huh. day went. I mean, I think it could be quite cute. So, yes, that's, that's probably not a typical Alexander Technique teacher suggestion, I, I'm, I'm guessing. But it makes sense because you've got that, you've got that nice open uh, angle at the, th at the uh, hip joint. And uh, so you're yeah. kind of getting, it's, you're kind of sneaking in to constructive rest, aren't you, Alexander? You're sneaking, you're sneaking into it, but you're not trying to, you know, do a lot of ch chair work and mm -hmm. convince yourself that if you just were a better pupil, you could somehow... Um, you know, master this this thing. Well, all right, we can master it. I mean, it is true that we, as Alexander teachers and other people who are physically aware, can figure out how to get their pelvis free so that it doesn't rock back uh, when seated. Mm -hmm. You know, sit up on top of the sit bones and and keep the lumbar curve and so forth. But still, you're working against the muscular forces that are wanting to pull the pelvis back. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, I've, I suppose I've become a little heretical because I don't think the goal of the technique is to learn to sit in a chair. Mm -hmm. I think it's to, of course, we all would agree, it's learn to, to manage oneself. And in terms of working and relaxing and so forth and so on, I just think we need better equipment. Right, right. And so the lounge chair and the high stool are both important. And a stand-up position is also important. Mm -hmm. And lie-down positions. Essentially, every posture carries with it strains. And so the goal is to move in enough that we, we transfer the strains to different places in the body. So as far as I can tell, there is no perfect posture. As one, as an Australian, no, Norwegian designer, Peter Opsvik, quipped, he said, the, the, the best posture is the next posture. <laughs> that's, a, that's good. So ideally, uh, say you work in, at home, in home office, and you have the option of all of these possibilities, standing, sitting on a stool, maybe spending a little time on a lounge chair, reading maybe the occasional slipping over to your nearby massage table for some constructive rest or the floor or whatever. That would be the ideal. But unfortunately for a lot of people, at least my, a lot of my students, they're spending eight hours a day in an office where a lot of those, they might be able to get away with a hired stool, although even there, sometimes it's going to be tricky. But they're not going to really have all that flexibility to shift around during the day. Yeah, so that's why we really need uh, what they call job redesign. Yes, yeah. uh, we we really have to rethink um, the 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 ideal of sitting like a good docile person in the same place for eight hours. We need to design break up work into different kinds of tasks and have kind of circuits of of circuits that you, workstation as circuits where you go from one to the other to the other to the other mm -hmm. over the course of the day. So ultimately, we're talking about 
job redesign, and that means we're talking about a new relationship to authority as well. Well, that, and we get into some really big questions there. But to, to bring it back down to the more everyday, it's not even just that people are sitting at desks for seven or eight hours a day, but often they are also using uh, video, uh, using terminals, using computer screens, which tend for most people to kind of encourage a little pushing of their heads forward uh-huh. in space and, and uh, a little extra neck tension, which uh, I think any Alexander teacher would agree is one of the worst things you can do if it's if you're doing it a lot. Yep. So there, th- those are... Uh, Galen, we're we're probably coming a little bit towards the end of our of our conversation. But is there anything that you would like to add? I will put a link uh, to uh, uh, where where readers can, uh, if they want, order the book, The Chair, which has a lot of useful ideas. And is there anything else that you wanted to add before we come to an end? Well, let's see. Well. Um, the book, of course, is good. Um, I also did write a couple of articles for the Journal of Bodywork and Movement Therapy that comes out of the UK called The Chair as Health Hazard. Oh, yes, I saw those. Yeah. And came out in the year 2000. Um, no, I think, I think the most important thing that I have to say is that this cultural ideal of trying to sit upright um, at, in a right angle, we also have bought into mm-hmm. as Alexander teachers. And we, I think we too, we need to challenge that um, and, and uh, accept the idea that we, there are healthier postures and that we need multiple postures. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, that's... Well, I, I would totally uh, agree with that. Well, maybe that's a good point on which to end our conversation. Um, My guest today has been Galen Kranz, who is professor of architecture at the University of California, Berkeley. Um, She's also a sociologist, designer, author, lecturer, teacher of the Alexander Technique, and the author of Uh, the book, The Chair, Rethinking Culture, Body, and Design, which I highly recommend um, anyone who feels they have issues with sitting in a chair for long periods of time uh, uh, read. And I recommend it very strongly to Alexander teachers as well. It it made a huge difference in in my life, just um, that one suggestion of sitting on a stool uh, at work instead of a chair and made a gigantic difference for me. Galen, thank you so much for being on the show today. And thank you for letting me have this opportunity.